Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Archipreneur Now podcast. I'm your host, Heath Armstrong, and this is episode five. Today's guest is the founder of a music label in Holland called Heroic. He's also the author of the SoundCloud Bible. He's a mastermind of creating and expanding the brand of music. Stay tuned to find out all about it, because we're going to get funky. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Well, then get on with your bad self. All the way from across the world in a place called Holland, today's guest is going to make you dance with his music label, Heroic. He's also the author of the SoundCloud Bible. Everybody give it up for Booty Volks. Booty. You are the entrepreneur now. How are you doing? Very well, Heath. Thank you for being on the show. Th- thank you so, so much for, for connecting and taking the time today. I know that a lot of the listeners for this are, are in a huge following with music, and I think that the value that you can provide is, is going to be just unconditional. So I, I really do appreciate that. You're very welcome. Uh, Booty is kind of a serial entrepreneur in a sense uh he is the author of the soundcloud bible which is the most comprehensive guide to soundcloud in existence that i'm aware of and he is the owner and founder of heroic label i think it's an experimental label and Mm -hmm. lots of dance music which is real popular out there and i've been following his music marketing blog which is just bootyvoke.com and it is full of just a honeypot of information. Anything from topics on alternative income streams to musicians, guides for publishing and copywriting music, how to get fans, how to book shows, and, and they're all very much in depth. And it's just, it's prime time stuff. So I, I suggest everybody out there to check it out. Um, but b- before we get started, Booty, I like to start the show off with a little segment called The Breezy Threes. And it's just right. so our audience can get to know you a little bit and your creative side. So mm-hmm. what are your three favorite creative works? Um, well, first of all, I love these questions, man. Like, uh, I, had a, I had a fun time preparing for them. <laughs> I appreciate um, it. In terms of creative works, like I'm an avid reader. I think I do about one to two books of nonfiction a month, depending on my schedule. And I, I just like to get in like 50, 50 pages a day on a subject that interests me. And I think... The most crucial book to me that I appreciate the most and keep coming back to is by the Stoic philosopher Seneca, uh, who lived in Roman times and was the was the uh, the tutor of Emperor Nero, the bad emperor. Oh yeah. And he um, he wrote a book called Letters from a Stoic, which is basically once he got exiled onto an island, he wrote letters to a friend to give him advice on life and things going on, um, with at the back of his mind. The idea that it was ever going to be published, and uh, turns out it has been. 
And this is stuff that's 2,000 years old and still as relevant now as it was then. Oh, that that hits right up my tree, man. I, uh, I'm planning on coming out there next year, taking a trip just for all the history, period. And, mm -hmm. and I love the philosophy, so I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, cool. I, I love it. And it's a, it's a short book as well. You know, it's, it's two or three hundred pages. If you put your time in, you could do it in a week and really get the gist of it. And like the philosophy is so strong that it's something I want to keep coming back to, you know, for whatever situation. Um, then there's some music, which of course I absolutely love. And I'm a big fan of Saint-Germain, uh, the lounge chill out act. Um, who released a couple of CDs who basically are tracks which you will have heard in whatever lounge, uh, restaurant, or club around the world. Like These are tracks that everybody will recognize. But these albums are so good. And there's two of them, uh, one called Tourist, another called Boulevard. And uh, this is perfect to chill out to, perfect to drink a glass of wine to, perfect to study with. Just perfect all around. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like I, timeless I, records, you know. That's why I'm so excited to have you on. I'm I'm definitely gonna right when we get off here. I'm gonna go uh, check all that stuff out. All right, I, I have a last one actually. Um, it's a movie. My favorite movie recently has been Un Prophète, a French movie by Jacques Audiard. Um, it's about this guy who is uh, he's Arabic, but he's born in France, so he speaks Arabic and he speaks Fran uh, French. And he gets into jail and he gets conflicted with the Sicilian mob. And he also learns their language. Uh, so he kind of becomes a player within different demographical groups. Uh, very interesting movie. Wow. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. I'll have to check all that out. Mm -hmm. Okay, so who are your three biggest role models or influencers? Um, first are the Stoics. So that would be Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. Like I really like their 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 thoughts, their writing. In terms of uh, writers and inter internet entrepreneurs, there's a few guys that I just keep checking out all of their stuff who are really valuable and have a lot of thoughts and advice that really resonate with me. Um, firstly, is Ryan Holiday. He just released his third book, and he was the the student of uh, Robert Greene from the Forty Eight Laws of Power and Timothy Ferris, and then the second is Timothy Ferris himself, like the guy behind the four-hour work week. Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. I'm actually reading that right now. Oh, it's a lovely book. I mean, it's both of these kind of propagate an unconventional way of thinking, which really resonates with me, you know? Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm about 30 pages in and hooked, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, like eye-opening. Well... If you have a bucket list, most people do, what would the top three items on your bucket list be? A creative bucket list, you asked me. Creative uh, bucket list, yes. Yeah. Um, first is to break through my initial act, duct tape, commercially, like really make them, make it big. That is like creatively the first thing that I, that I want to do. Another thing I want to do is direct a movie, like a, an okay. actual, yeah, an actual theater movie, you know? I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I watch a lot of stuff and check out a few directors consistently. That's something I love to do. Um, and the last thing would just be to develop my label into, into much more than it is now. Oh, very good stuff.
Okay, so before we start into the core questions, I, I like to ask this one because it, it kind of shows what you were thinking as a child. Uh, mm-hmm. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> Mostly, I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> and then once I got older and I started playing some video games, that kind of transcended into wanting to become a detective. Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm in music, so. Yeah, I used to be hooked to that game Clue. That always made me want to be a, be a detective, too. Yeah, awesome stuff. But... Okay, so if you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and who you are and, and how you got your start so young. Yeah, You're only, sure. what are you, 23 now? 22? Yeah, I just turned 23 last month. Yeah, if you if you want to just get into, you know, how you found so much success at such a young age, I think it'd be extremely valuable to our listeners. Um, well, I'm studying business administration, and I started that about four years ago. And at the time, I was I was kind of having difficulties motivating myself, so I got thinking, like, what do I really want to do? And I figured I want to be my own boss. So I started orienting myself on businesses, and my best friends had picked up Fruity Loops, the studio production software for their track, and put it on SoundCloud at the time, a brand new platform. And they made a track which, with uh, no following at all, got like 10,000 plays in a week or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, and since I was in the mindset of starting a business, that kind of collided with each other, and we came up with the idea, like, guys, there's so much potential here. So they started an act, I started managing them, and it started snowballing from there. So so with a lot of dedication and belief, and also a bit of opportunism, that transcended into partnering up with the tour manager of Sander Kleinenberg to start an agency, then we signed more artists, uh, the partnership broke, then it transcended artists, and um, then came the book, and that's that's kind of how it rolled. Like. There were, there were logical steps to take at every point in time. And I think I just got a very lucky start. And I was eager, you know? Yeah. You help birth and grow artists within the music scene. It's a big part of what, what you're all about. Uh, did you find success the first time you attempted to promote an artist? Um, well, not necessarily. I don't consider ourselves successful yet. Like, I think... My benchmark for success of an artist would be once they reach a point where you get such a big demand for bookings and people wanting to sign your records that you simply don't have enough content and time to deliver it to, to, to them. Like once you'd have the freedom to really tour the world internationally booking shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced we're there yet, you know. Um, I think we got off to a great start with those artists though. And uh, we, we were able to build a lot of momentum with SoundCloud. Um, but it's still a struggling thing because like music is a very subjective thing, so you can't force it upon people. So I could never, even though we have kind of a, a feeling for what works in terms of promotion, there's never a guarantee that it's going to be picked up. Well, definitely. I saw a quote earlier, and it was something along the lines of success is a practice and not a point that you reach. And I really thought that was powerful, yeah. and it basically sums up what you were just saying there. I'm no, I, I think I think I think you're right. It's in the, I mean, sure, it's cool to reach the goal, but I think the whole successful and becoming successful thing is a lot more in the process, you know. 
and and I don't feel we're there yet. So there's a lot we still have to do. How important is having a network in relation to getting a start in the music scene? Uh, I know 95% of the bands and, and light techs and everyone that I run into on a normal basis around here, they all think that you have to know someone to get in or you have to be somewhere at the right place to get in. Would you say that that's true? Having a network helps. But we started without a network. Like, I started without a network. We were, at the time, like, three guys who were 18 years old trying to make a, ma a name for ourselves. And I think a lot of... I'm, I'm a big fan of building as you go. Like, just be, just be eager. Go talk to people. Go, go show your honest and sincere interest and ask questions. And I think what, what I've learned over time now is that a lot of developing a network is kind of being bold enough to say, like being bold enough to start something and to say like, I am doing this. And because you're doing that and you're like, you're confident in saying that to the world, it gives you a, a hook point to connect with people doing something similar. And I think people feed off that also. I think it's, uh, that people love, love confidence and they're eager to jump in anytime. I mean, if you go out and tell everybody what you want to do, someone will want to help you do it. It's just a matter of time before you yeah. run into them. That's a great saying. I saw that on your Twitter today, actually. Yeah, yeah, I put it up on uh, the old... <laughs> you ever use Buffer? Buffer app? Uh, I've checked it out. I'm, I'm not using it, though. Yeah, it's it's uh, saved me about two hours a day. It's, it's great stuff. So I throw a bunch of quotes Good. and stuff up at the beginning of the day, and then it just automatically releases it throughout the day. I actually heard about that on one of Paul's uh, podcast episodes when he was talking to someone. All right. And in turn, you don't lose time browsing the, the feed and whenever you open Twitter, you don't see, hey, this is interesting. And oh, exactly. It keeps track of all the analytics and everything. Mm, cool, cool. Well, Booty, what do you think the major turning point in your career was? I think there, there are a few. I think firstly is, like you said, that I was able to jump at the opportunity when it presented itself. And it's often said, like, there's this saying by Seneca, the Stoic, which is, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. And I think at the time, preparing to do something, and then the opportunity like, presented itself, and we jumped towards it. So that could be luck, or it could be eagerness or opportunism. But that was definitely the first thing that, that was just it, like, doing something. Secondly was, once I started the agency with my partner, we, we'd signed about five artists. Uh, we kind of grew apart. He got a business opportunity in America. I was running the show here, but we, we weren't exactly straight lining anymore. You know, two captains on the same yeah. ship. And at one point, I decided, like, this is just not the way to do it anymore. And I severed, I severed the bond, which allowed me the freedom to create a record label, which turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. So... How often, you know, with these musicians that you bring in, how often do you release music for them to be able to build their following? Really depends on the artist. Like for Duct Tape right now, we are releasing two records a month, and we've got a schedule filled already with content up until end of August. Wow, two records a month? Mm -hmm. that, that's I've never heard of anything that fast before. <laughs> So I think 
I think it's essential because there's so specifically for electronic music, like the rate at which people consume music is faster than mm -hmm. ever, and their bullshit sensor is better than ever. So there was a study um, published about three weeks ago about a data analyst who got into the database of Spotify, and he showed that within 20 seconds of a track, uh, most people click, like 35% of people click away within the first 20 seconds of a track. Wow. And that goes up to 35% within the first 30 seconds, up to about 50% within the first, I don't know, minute or something. Um, so that means stuff has to be very captivating, but people consume music so quickly. And you don't go back to an album as often as you would. You'd rather just find your new next song for this week, your new favorite. And in turn, also with the social media, you consume via Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud. I think for artists, they easily get snowed under. So they got to consistently provide quality content in order to stay on people's radar. Yeah, and we, we all know that the music industry is definitely leaning towards streaming for the next however long it's going to take before something else comes out. I can't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, mm -hmm. How much traffic do you think an artist has to have uh, to make a living? You know, how many fans do you think that they need on those streaming platforms or social media to be able to make a living off of it? That's a good question. Uh, a common conception on the internet, which I think is very strong, which is that for an artist to become financially self-sufficient, he needs about a following of a thousand true fans. So the idea here is that a true fan is someone who would do everything for you, someone who would buy your merchandise, he would pre-order your album, come to your shows, those kind of true fans. People who would tell their friends about you because they're that convinced, convinced your stuff is great. Yeah, where the trust is actually there. And it's, it's the yeah. same as, I guess, probably with your blog and internet marketing. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of followers, I'm sure, but it's, it's all about the amount of users that are actually dedicated and trust you. Uh, and I think that's where you can start to generate and monetize. Yeah, definitely. Like, take, for example, you asked me about inspiring people. So I tell you, Ryan Holiday and Timothy Ferris, and they have offered me so much value in their content that I've, I'm a true fan of theirs, you know? to the point that I tell you about it. And I think, like, if you could imagine that you have a thousand people willing to do that, you could, you could monetize in whatever means. Now, coming back to streaming, earning enough to make a living from streaming is going to take a lot of play. Oh, yeah. But I think that long before you reach that threshold of plays in order to pay your bills, you'll reach the threshold where you'll get enough bookings and opportunities for label deals and publishing and syncing to pay your bills. Cool, great stuff. If you could look into the future, Booty, what do you think your ultimate long-term goal would be? I know you covered it a little bit with your bucket list question, uh, but, but where do you see yourself in the future? I was actually asked this question earlier today. Um, there's, there's two things which are really important to me. Like first is I want to make Short and Tim, who together comprise duct tape, I, I want to break them through. Like they deserve it, they have the potential to do it, and we won't rest until they do. That's the first. I think the second is, like me personally, 
I appreciate doing the A&R thing, the creative thing, but also running the label and the business side of it. But what I want to do is have the, like have the resources and the reputation to be able to pick up talent and develop it into something that really breaks through and then becomes fully self-sustainable. And I think my label, Heroic, is a perfect vessel to do that. So if that's the thing which becomes that entity to really do that, and also for other people to do it within that construction, that would be awesome. But I think that's what I would want to do, like be able to identify talent and to bring that to a point where it's where it's able to cater to the masses and become really self-sustainable. Yeah, and what's great about your label in Heroic and the mindset you have is you are only bringing in artists that you truly believe in uh, instead of just compiling whoever is there and willing to pay you for your services. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we well, I, I, I started this as the result of duct tape music being too experimental to be released on other labels. Like even though it was qualitatively great, people weren't able to or willing to take the risk because they didn't have the name and it was too experimental. Whereas if they had a very big reputation, people would do it. Um, whereas if it were less experimental, people would probably still do it. So I think what we do with Heroic is we find artists that really stand out, that have that edge, and we push that, like the stuff we really personally love. What other habits besides that have you developed to stay focused on that goal? A bit of discipline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can uh, elaborate. I mean... I like working out to bring in the balance, yep. you know? There's a few things I do. I mean, for mental sharpness, I like reading. Like, it gives you perspective and a bit of philosophy helps, helps like, keep you in control. And then I like to work out. That kind of evens out the lack of sleep and the irregular lifestyle. And I think the other thing is just really work really hard. And that's a lot easier if you do something you love with people you love. Well said. And I, I know you were all about bringing value to your audiences and sustaining relationships with them. Can you explain to us why that is so important? Sure. Um, everybody knows the guy on YouTube or on SoundCloud who posts a comment on a great track saying, great track, now listen to mine, here's a link. <laughs> yeah. So if you take that as an analogy, right? What's that for kind of offer? Whereas I think if you, if you really have something valuable, whether it's knowledge or advice or it's music or it's photographs or a movie you've made, like if there's something in there which adds value to people, then that value is going to come back to you. Yeah, when I was listening to your episode on Paul's podcast, which is the app guy, I think it was episode 31, it, it sparked an idea in my mind because, you know, out here, I, I'm a huge fan of attending concerts and live music events and you know there's a couple apps out there where you can get updates you know pings about who's coming to the area but have you ever have you ever seen the app called tinder it's like a dating app sure well i mean what if you had an app like that where it literally showed you all of the bands that were coming to town and you could press each one of them and listen to a clip of their music and then swipe right or or left if you like it or not. And then if you like it, 
you know, it goes ahead and puts it in your calendar with a ticket link. You know, that would make my life That's a whole cool. lot easier. <laughs> yeah, that is actually pretty because cool. Because I don't know like how a, many times. A music, a music discovery app, but then not from the streaming angle, but more for a matching Yeah, angle. and it supports, you know, it gets the people to the shows, it supports the venues, it supports the artists, and it would just make my life a whole lot easier if I could get my hands on it. So, you know, I've, you know, I've thought about starting to dive into that. I'm getting into mobile application development and things like that. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, hell, it, you might be onto something. Yeah. Really. You're the first person I've told. So, <laughs> ah, right, right, right. Maybe you want to cut this yeah. out. Okay. Looking back, what is one thing you would do differently if you could start all over? Well, there's one thing I would do differently, and I'm not a big fan of a hindsight, and I can't vouch for this being a, a, true, a true conviction, but at the time, I started the agency with someone with 10 years more experience than me, and this was 10 years experience in an industry who was transitioning from an old to a newer paradigm, and his conv convictions, I think, were partly based upon what used to work. And uh, what we did as a result is we shifted from releasing a lot of content for free with duct tape once we just started via SoundCloud to keeping that music back and that of other artists we signed in order to selectively place it with record labels and other people. Now, I think what I'm finding more and more is that with the changes in the industry and the changes that are still going on, I think the whole paradigm of releasing music solely with gatekeepers is becoming more and more outdated. Like it's not necessary anymore. There's a lot more value in cultivating your own audience and crowd and using these social methods to do it. Um, and labels can play a part in that. But if, if the result of doing that means that you lose track of momentum or you're not able to generate that audience as quick, then I don't think that was the right move. And since I started the label, we kind of transitioned back to the new model that I'm suggesting now, and I'm seeing a lot better results. So I think in terms of if you're thinking about content or music or whatever it is, if it's like creative and is able to add value, then I think you need to realize that with, with all digital opportunities out there now, that you should and are able to get it into the hands of your audience if you try hard enough. And perhaps you should not search for validation from someone else or the okay to put something out uh, in order to start doing it. Yeah, powerful. And I, I couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, th this is one of my, the next two questions are, are my two favorite on the list. They really bring out the creative sense. But if you could spend an, a little bit of time creating something with anyone from the past or present, uh, who, who would it mm -hmm. be and what would you create? That was such a tricky question. Um, I didn't quite settle on creating something. I did settle on talking with someone for an hour. I would love to sit down with Seneca and talk about life and talk about a life we have today as opposed to life as we experienced it then and how the whole social media thing and internet and being connected and etc. kind of uh, kind of influences everyone and get that stoic perception. Yeah, that would be perspective. That would yeah. be uh, a, an interesting conversation to hear. Uh, I guess we'd have to get past him learning about social media and hoping his head doesn't explode first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps. But I mean, I'd be really, I'd be really interested 
like could you imagine going back to the point where there are no likes there's no internet there's no websites like for me i do everything i do i do on a computer yeah. you know or largely on a computer and the whole record label business and, and managing artists i mean even my artists make music largely on their computers if that weren't there then i, I can't even fathom it i know? i can't either it actually i think my head might explode thinking about that yeah exactly <laughs> so so that is something I would spend an hour thinking and talking about. Well, awesome. We're, we're getting close to the 30-minute mark now, so I'm going to get into the closing questions here. So mm-hmm. if you had to battle Godzilla booty by yourself, mm-hmm. how would you use your talents or creativity to defeat that big bastard? Ooh, good question. And a new movie of Godzilla coming out yeah. shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would go to, I would call a circus to see if they have a proper trainer and then see if the trainer could kind of convince Godzilla to kind of become a little more tame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and once we do that, you know, I, I am probably going to find a way to entice a lot of cows to be brought by some farmer into a kind of quiet zone, <laughs> you know, and kind of kind of see if we can domesticate him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could... Uh probably get him on a couple tracks there he'd be pretty popular for the music videos i would think yeah perhaps i mean we we they have like these gopro these gopro helicopters nowadays <laughs> like remote control things which you could kind of fly around so you could get aerial shots for like a few hundred oh, euros yeah. yeah i am thinking godzilla would be perfect for this yeah the gopros are, are some of my personal favorite uh, I, I love those things we just shot a video with them last weekend. Did you? Yeah. The ones on the helicopters? <laughs> no helicopters, <laughs> although although it was it was part of the plan, but it was kind of more that we wanted to fly helicopters than that it was actually adding value. Do you have any favorite advice or resources or tools that you want to share with our listeners that you think they could find value in? Sure. Uh, in terms of advice, I think it's... Um, determination and persistence like if you really believe in something like first find something you love doing then try and find a few people you love who who you could do it with and then just just go for it like put in hours and hours and hours and hours and unless like even though people say no if you truly believe you can do it you'll pull it off in terms of resources and tools i'll do the typical i'm a big fan of evernote i'm a big fan of max I use mail to organize my mail, and within mail, OS6 mail, I've set up a, a flagging system for my email. So some people have difficulties getting their inbox to inbox zero. I always have inbox zero. Um, and I have a little system there so that when emails come in, I give them a flag. I tag them for uh, this needs an action, this needs reply, this is a musical demo. And as a result, I never get emails that stack up. Yeah, and it keeps you organized. I do something similar. I I was kind of doing that with Gmail, but I've moved into a a mail system called Square One. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't. Uh, Square One, and Paul actually had the founder of this on his show. It it is a very, very different approach to email to where you, you you can set those flags up in a grid, and once you train mm-hmm. it, it'll just automatically sort everything for you. But you can turn the email on and off 
and it only releases emails to your phone on notifications when you want it to. And it holds yeah. like your friends and your important business a higher standard than all the rest of that email you get. And it's sounds very interesting. You should check it out. Definitely, it's it's worth it's worth looking into. I'm gonna ask you to bounce me a link. Okay, I will definitely. All right. Uh, in terms of other tools, let me think on that for a second. Yeah, for screencasting, I recently discovered some awesome software which is called ScreenFlow allowing you to both record your your camera and at the same time your screen. So if you want to do whatever, tutorials, um, explanation videos, uh, that is a great tool to use. Yeah, I use that frequently, actually. Mm. Yeah, great software. And for these podcast conversations, uh, I just recently got a program called Piso. And basically, I don't know if it's pronounced like that, it's P-I-E-Z-O. You can select any source from your computer as the source, and then you just type in a file name, and it records both ways from you know anything you're doing on the computer. Saves it to a file. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's really simple, and it's saved a lot of headaches. Ah, super cool. Okay, okay, I'm learning stuff. Yeah, so it's worth checking out, too. Well, Booty, I really appreciate you coming on today. Before we let you go, is there a way our listeners can get in contact with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you can check out my music industry website and blog at bootyvogue.com. So that's just my name.com. My record label, Heroic Recordings, at heroicrecordings.com. And we're everywhere on social media and Twitter and Facebook. And you know the drill. Yeah, and I want to warn um, everybody that you know his, his website is full of extremely, extremely useful content. Uh, you'll get lost and and never want to leave that site and you can learn so much so definitely check it out thanks Heath Booty Vote thank you very much for being the entrepreneur now (laughs) and always remember to keep it heady wow (laughs) pleasure being on the show man thank you thank you for listening to the entrepreneur now podcast For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.